Well, dear friends, the Sons of Thunder are back at it again today. In the Gospel, we meet up with James and John, who are angling for the best seats in heaven. They go to the Lord and they ask for a favor. They simply want the best seats in the house, on the right and the left of the Lord's throne in heaven. Now, when the other 10 disciples heard about this, they became angry and indignant at, at James and John. And it probably got to be so heated that Jesus had to intervene because he gathered them together and taught them that what it means to follow him means becoming a servant of all. This is the path that the Son of God embraced. And indeed, this is a lesson that Jesus taught throughout the Gospels. Instead of seeking the best seat, look for the humblest seat. The way to the front is by sharing in the sufferings of Christ. So when we go to heaven, it's not like getting on a modern airliner where the people that pay the most are sitting in the front. You know how crazy it is the way we scramble for a seat on an airplane. It's the humblest that will have the chief seats. Fallen human nature finds this very troubling. From the very beginning, it was this case. The devil and the fallen angels, they wanted the chief seats in heaven and they fell because of that. They then taught Adam and Eve how to sing that song, I did it my way. That's, that's the national anthem of hell, by the way. And when you see someone elbowing, elbowing their way to the head of the line, you know immediately what those other 10 disciples were feeling. And I think perhaps we notice this, especially when clericalism and privilege are on display in the church. I'll give you an example or two. In the old days, before there were secure checkpoints at the Vatican, it used to be when they opened the doors of St. Peter's Basilica for a papal mass, that all the people that had been assembled in St. Peter's Square raced forward to the doors to get in, to get the best seats for the papal mass. And it was a standing joke amongst the Romans that if you are in that crowd, beware, do not get in front of a group of Italian nuns. <laughs> they could do a pass rush that would rival the purple people eaters, if you remember those folks. And back in 2010, I was privileged to attend the beatification mass for Cardinal John Henry Newman in Birmingham, England. And we had to get to mass very, very early. And we were all situated in our seats at the front there. And um, the bishops were, of course, closest to where the Pope was going to be. But before Pope Benedict arrived, the Vatican security people decided that 
Those front seats were too close to where the Pope was and they needed to move them back. But it was going to be impossible to move all the seats back. So what they did was they made the bishops move to the back row. And I was sitting with these English priests. They thought that was the funniest thing that had ever happened <laughs> to watch their bishop have to go and sit behind them. And you know, I, I'm always convicted of this now. In heaven, at least where the clergy will sit in heaven, I believe with all my heart that the chief seats have already been reserved for the deacons. <laughs> but you know, it's, our, it's human nature, how we, we want to we want the best things. We want prominence. We want recognition. We want a good seat. We want something comfortable. And if you've ever visited those old early American churches on the East Coast, you might remember how strange the architecture was inside. The pews looked like box seats. And the idea was that if you were a prominent well-to-do member of that congregation, that was, you bought that seat. That was your box seat. And it was, um, it was a real issue at one point in the 19th century where there sometimes wasn't, there weren't any seats left for the poor. And even the Catholic Church got into this as late as 1884, the Third Council of Baltimore, which was the predecessor to the USCCB, that Third Council of Baltimore ruled that certain seats could be set aside in the churches for fundraising purposes. And indeed, if you were a lay trustee in a Catholic church in, in the 19th century, you were obligated to buy your seat in church. Though that Council of Baltimore said, always some seats have to be set aside for the poor. But by the mid 20th century, thank goodness, this practice was abandoned because it does seem to go against what the Lord teaches in this gospel today. But it's, again, it's just human nature. I can remember times in my ministry where I actually had to intervene in a fight because somebody came up to me and said, Father, there's someone in my seat and I can't get them to move. Thank goodness we don't have that problem here. I love the way, I'm gonna quote the greatest preacher of the church, St. John Chrysostom, on this subject. Before Christ humbled himself, only the angels knew who he was. But after he humbled himself, all human nature knew him. You see how his humbling of himself did not make him have less, but when he humbled himself, he produced more, such great good increasing his household and extending his kingdom. Why then 
Are you afraid that you will become less if you humble yourself? You know, the principal title for the Pope, the most important title for the Pope, of course he's Vicar of Peter, but the most important title is that he is the servant of the servants of God. Pope Gregory the Great chose that in the wake of bishops claiming all sorts of exorbitant grand titles for their office. And he said, no, we shall be known here as the servant of the servants of God. That's a wonderful lesson for all of us. Our gift to Christ and to his church, the gift that we give both of our lives and of the resources that he has blessed us with, all of this begins with our willingness to embrace this way of servanthood in his household. Let us buy to become the humblest servants. This is Jesus' way. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.